Welcome to the Next Level Brands Podcast, where we share stories about the food and CPG world with experts in the trenches about how to build a successful brand today. Now, your host, G. Stephen Clear. Welcome, everyone. Thanks for joining us here at the Next Level Brands Podcast. Our podcast is brought to you today by Kitchen to Shelf. Kitchen to Shelf is the educational arm of Next Level Brands CPG community and a provider of online and in-person courses and workshops for CPG entrepreneurs at all stages of growth. Whether you're an early stage startup, a local growing business, or a regional powerhouse, Kitchen to Shelf can help you learn what you need to know to grow. That's kitchen, the number two, shelf.com. I'm Steve Clear. My guest today on the Next Level Brands podcast is Howard Kaufman. Howard has over 30 years of multi-channel business development experience, driving growth and profitability from Fortune 100 companies to growing small startup entities. Most recently, he is the founder and CEO of ORL, an emerging organic and natural oral care brand. Customers serve, he has served include natural grocery, grocery, health and wellness, dental, e-commerce, and specialty retailers. Prior to founding ORL, he spent time in senior sales marketing and digital leadership roles at PetSmart, Home Depot, and Time Life Incorporated. Welcome to the program, Howard. Steve, thank you so much. And I really appreciate this opportunity. And uh, so thank you for the invitation. And just to be clear, um, I've got three other business partners, so we're uh, we're equally co-founders. Equal co-founders, yes. And you know, sometimes we actually have all co-founders on the program, and then it gets just totally out of hand. It's right. <laughs> I mean, we, we do that, but no, good, good to know. And and um, uh, I wanted to ask you a little bit about so transitioning kind of from working on the retail side and the larger brand side to uh, a startup and then a growing business uh, in, in oral care. Um, how did you come up with the idea? Where did you guys, where'd you guys meet? How did all that happen? Well, thanks for that. Um, so when you look at one's career as a journey, and there's so many things that you learn, right? There's so many things that you learn that worked out really well, um, working with different teams, different people, um, certainly the whole focus on customer centricity and innovation, there's lessons that you take away and equally those disappointments and failures. So um, kind of really where we are with ORL, I view it as it's really a a, um, consolidation, if you will, of all those different learnings. And I'm, you know, doing our best to understand the mistakes we made in the past and certainly trying not to repeat them, but also then what can we do to replicate those successes and those opportunities. So with that as a capstone, um, myself and my partners, we actually all have our own journeys that found us at the same place at the same time. And for me personally, coming first out of the pet supply industry, and I know we briefly touched upon that before we started this about the explosive growth that was happening in the early 2000s with pet parenting and the humanization of pet um, pet ownership. Yep. And as part of that, one of the major innovations that occurred within that industry was advancements in advanced nutrition. And advanced nutrition has really led to lifespans being extended for both felines and canines, right? So now that you've got basically more of a longer lifetime value because of the length of the um, pet's life, that really first introduced me to the importance of nutrition and really what nutrition and the role that plays in health and wellness. 
In this case, though, it was with pets. It certainly wasn't yet with humans. Right. Um, after some transitions with PetSmart, ultimately it went private. Um, I did find myself consulting for a number of different companies. And one of the companies I became engaged with is a snack food um, company that does a lot of private labeling in places like Whole Foods, Trader Joe's, parts of Kroger, right. um, all throughout the country. And that really then became kind of a segue into health and nutrition, but now for humans. Right. And as you know, whether it's Whole Foods, Kroger has their list of the you know, 101, 100 unworthy ingredients that certain products don't contain. Right. And that trend, I'm certainly here to stay. It certainly continues to grow. Um, you know, in terms of the consumer being more interested in superfoods, more interested in things that don't contain parabens, healthier things without artificial right. colors and flavors and all that. Less sugars. So, yep. Yeah, right. And you'd be really surprised if you took a really close look. And in a way, it's somewhat scary when you think about it, how many products we come across every day that contain ingredients that if you really thought or researched about it, you may be thinking twice about, you know, so much of this is certainly personal choice. But with that as the backdrop, it actually came down to a casual Saturday conversation with a former colleague of mine that I met at a Starbucks. And his orientation was very much in that pharmacy and compound pharmacy. Mm -hmm. And over just a coffee conversation on a Saturday, um, we started talking about trends that we were seeing in the marketplace. And I shared with him some of the trends that I just, you know, um, highlighted for you. And he conversely shared trends that he was seeing from his lens coming from that whole pharmacy and um, compound pharmacy, holistic pharmacy point of view. Right. And just as a matter of fact, in conversation, we started talking about different products and he just asked me point blank. He said, hey, by the way, have you ever looked at oral care? And I, I said, oral care, um, quite frankly, no, I've never thought about it, never had any reason for it. And his main point, Steve, was, well, when you have a chance, take a closer look at it because you may be surprised how many harmful ingredients exist in many, if not most of today's brands including those brands uh, that, okay. that position themselves as better for you. Sure. And just like if we were just meeting for coffee, I took no immediate action. I did note it. But then from there, I think we started talking about restaurants. And after about 45 minutes on a Saturday morning, we went on our way and continued our weekend. And it wasn't until about three weeks later, I was with my wife shopping in a grocery store and we were looking at tomatoes. And specifically, I was really curious about the store that we were in. It actually had nothing to do with oral care, but what was on my mind as a consumer was sunscreen. Living in Arizona, you know, it's yes. sunny 320 days a year. Yep. I've got fairly fair skin. As I'm getting older, I want to be more conscientious and certainly aware of brands like Copper Tone and Hawaiian Tropics and Neutrogema. Yep. But I was really curious in the specialty store that we were in, what brands would they have? What were the ingredients? Not that the ingredients were going to mean anything to me at that moment, but also what was the price point? And I knew myself well enough, Steve, that I came across something that 
I thought maybe over 50% chance or likelihood that it would do what it was claiming it would do. One time, yeah, I'd probably put down the 15 or $20 for that small one or two ounce tube yep. and just see and try it if it really worked. And it was while I was walking towards looking for sunscreen. Yes, but I couldn't help but notice in the store, it had 16 foot long shelf, four shelves high of toothpaste and mouthwash and oh, yeah. dental flosses and bamboo toothbrushes and throat lozenges, the whole nine yards. And it was at that moment, I stopped and looked and a, you know, a lot of things were like triggered in my mind just in terms of the overstimulation of the brands, which many of the brands I didn't recognize, the color blocking and the visual merchandising, mm -hmm. price points. And it was being that deer stuck in headlights. And I'm sure it was only a few seconds, but in my mind's eye, Steve, it appeared I was there looking at this for minutes and toggling between my consumer hat and call it my professional hat. Yep. Um, that I then recalled the Starbucks conversation. And the crucible moment was, as I'm looking at all this, at eye level, vertically stacked was a row of tubes of toothpaste. It happened to be a very well-known brand. I want to make sure, you know, I'm certainly not trying to knock any brand out there because so much of this, again, is choice. Right. But it turned out it was a children's toothpaste. I pick it up. I start visually examining the label. Had again all the design and the colors mm -hmm. and all the value proposition that you would expect from a major brand. Flipped it to the back, curious to just know again, the ingredients were going to be a foreign language. But as you know, even the number of ingredients would be potentially an indicator yes. of how healthy or safe this product was. Right. And as I'm examining and reading the label of ingredients, the lightning bolt was. Right above the label of ingredients is actually a warning label that said, do not, um, not for children six years or under, if accidentally swallowed, get immediate medical attention or call poison control. And it gave poison control's phone number on the label. Okay. <laughs> and at that moment, I flipped it back to the front to just ask myself, did I miss where it said for ages seven and over or seven plus? Uh-huh, uh-huh. It didn't. And actually, it doesn't. That product's actually still on the market. <sighs> but that was that moment where I asked myself, wow, what is in the rest of this? I was so curious. Hey, so to make a long story short, um, at the time, my daughter is now a senior in college and her friend, they were on break. And this was about three years ago. And uh, I basically hired them along with myself. And we spent approximately a week and we went into Target and CVS and Walgreens and Whole Foods and looked on Amazon, identified what the top selling toothpaste and mouthwashes were. At the end of the day, we gathered 323 individual SKUs of toothpaste and mouthwashes, whether it was the physical product or at the end, my daughter suggested, hey, dad, this is going to get kind of expensive. If you're interested in labels, can we just discreetly take a picture of the label? I said, hey, Bailey, obviously the college education has been being a really good investment. Yeah. So wound up gathering, again, 323 individual SKUs from this population, 
by no means am I suggesting that represents 100% of the market. However, as you know, if it's in Target and it's in Walgreens and it's in parts of Kroger, this is representing a majority of what people are actually buying. Oh, sure. It wouldn't be there in the first place, right? Yep. Yep. And then what we wound up doing with all these labels is essentially, and we probably weren't as efficient as I think about it, but we basically typed each label ingredient by ingredient into a large Excel spreadsheet. Took me a few hours and I realized that probably wasn't the smartest thing either because (laughs) Excel doesn't do any spell check or at least that I'm aware of. But wound up figuring all that out. Um, Ultimately had over 3000 lines of data entry, a lot of duplication, wound up sorting it alphabetically. And then one by one, linking back to the snack food experience that I had, one authority that we started referencing whether or not an ingredient was safe or not is the, you may be aware of it, the National Institute of Health has a public website called PubChem, P-U-B-C-H-E-M.com. Anyone can go to PubChem and you can put any food ingredient, cosmetic ingredient, in this case, oral care ingredient into its search bar and instantaneously you are served with a full scientific report, everything from the chemistry behind that ingredient to where it's used, how it's used, if there's any synonyms or aliases, many ingredients carry also different known names. As, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. And if there's been any documented health or safety concerns or issues, it's all in that report and it's links to those documented reports. This could be scary. Yeah. So what we learned from the 323 individual SKUs through that PubChem filter, we did identify 116 harmful ingredients that exist in many of today's products out there on the market. So it was at that time through a couple of friends, um, dentists I know, a food scientist, ultimately who became my business partners and they had interest from their journey, getting to the same place at the same time. We really started taking a close look and basically it was a hypothesis. What if, there was a choice in the market that provided um, you know, the efficacy of killing bad bacteria, promoting fresh breath, helping improve with your teeth, the you know, whitening of your teeth. Right. And did not contain any of these harmful ingredients. Plus, also included, as we learned as we went through this journey, certain essential oils that are healthy for your oral cavity. Right. Vitamins and minerals. And while we were doing this formulation, um, one of our advisors, who's a dentist, he basically asked us or he suggested and challenged us and said, yeah, that's good. And, you know, there are some companies going on that path, but that's good. But his main point was, but if you could figure out a way to lock in and deliver a perfect 7.0 pH balance you may really have something that's a difference in the market. right? And he educated us about the benefits of pH. And the main point is our diets are very acidic. Our pH balances are low. Everything from, you know, coffee, tea, right, um, wine, sports nutrition drinks, yep. even great antioxidant superfood like a blueberry has a pH balance low of three. 
the science suggests that if your mouth's pH is 5.3 or below, it significantly increases over time the likelihood that gingivitis and cavities can form in your mouth. So his main point was if you could develop a toothpaste in the mouthwash without any of these harmful ingredients, but you're able to get to that perfect pH, his point was like a broken clock on the wall. That's going to be at least right twice a day, no matter what. And if you offered the market a choice to use a perfectly balanced pH product in the morning and in the evening, at least twice a day, you're resetting your mouth's pH and minimizing the risk that that low pH and the risks with that low pH and how harmful it could be over time. And that was really the spawning of ORL and what we decided to do by working with a formulator. And it very much became a Rubik's cube of getting the efficacy, the flavor profile, the visual appearance, and the um, pH balance, a lot of trial and error. But we did make the decision, it was April of 2019, to form the company and started down the path of pursuing coming up with the formulations that would get to the perfect pH. And then the one last thing is we went through this process, um, two actually other things quickly happened. So one was we did learn about and got socialized with the fact that it's estimated worldwide, there are a billion tubes of toothpaste that do hit landfills every year. Um, so we made the decision and we know there's some challenges with glass, right? Um, it's not as recyclable as people would like it to be, right. but we did decide to package our product, not using any plastic tubes or bottles. So everything that we are packaging is in recyclable glass. Yep. So by introducing that and my business partner, Brian, who came out of the wine industry and he's done a lot of business with wine and he's a designer and developed our brand, we did find ourselves uh, developing, it's, it's a luxury brand, no two ways about it. Right. So we made that decision to package in glass. And then the other piece of it real quickly, our other dental advisor, she basically said, well, while you're doing all this formulation, would you consider creating a formulation that included full spectrum CBD oil? And I knew right. a little bit about CBD, but there's a lot I didn't know. But she shared with us existing research that's out there about how CBD can help with gum irritation mm-hmm. and it can help with people with more severe periodontal diseases, especially with gum erosion and bone loss. And a lot of it uh. um, is caused with people that may have had wisdom teeth extracted over 10 years ago, the yep. procedure and technology back then. Steve would take out more bone mass than if you went today to have that same procedure done over time. And many people that has become a degenerative issue, Mm -hmm. CBD in some cases has shown that it can actually slow it down or it may even stop it. It certainly can't reverse it. So don't mean to be long-winded, but just trying to give you kind of an overview of I'm How feeling, I'm feeling good about I, the fact I used it this morning. So that's, oh, you did good, good, oh, good, good. I did. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I've been using the non-CBD, but anyway, but let, let's go to that real quick. And that is, uh, so folks, this is a, a radio audio program, so you can't get the full benefit of this. But if you go to what's the website they can go to? Howard? Yeah. So two websites. So ORL. Yep. 
C-A-R-E-S, so it's a play on orlcares.com, is our non-CBD website. And then our CBD product can be found simply at orlcbd.com. Got it. Okay. So so the setup, folks, is, is that Howard was very generous enough to send me some product a while back. And again, uh, I didn't go to the website before I got the product. So I get the product, I open up the box, and I pick the first one up in a cylindrical container about you know 11 inches high. And I, I'm like, oh my God, what is this? What, what, what's in this? This is, this is heavy. This is hefty. And then realized that it's glass. And, it's, and folks, it's absolutely beautiful. Uh, kudos to the designer, by the way, um, because it does a couple things. One, yes, glass, very important. Um, and the second thing is, is that it doesn't look like anything else that's on the shelf. Neither does the toothpaste, toothpaste, which is also cylindrical. But the first thing I was struck at was the package design. And I went, this stuff is just amazing. And I hadn't even tried it yet. Um, but, and, and to stand out in the, like you were talking about the shelf, right? Where I'll, most of the toothpaste lays horizontal. Uh, and you know, you're really looking for, you know, that, but to get the information, what you need on here, because obviously with a, with a luxury and the um, positioning and stuff, there's a consumer education part of this, right? Which is, I'm not just going to switch over from the big thing of Listerine to yours uh, without at least something going on. But the the 7.0, the natural, naturally remineralized, all of that stuff, it, it just is absolutely great. And folks, I wish you could see it, but please go to the websites and take a look because uh, it, it's a great thing for CPG uh, package design. So you guys have, so you guys come, you work with this, you have the product, obviously figuring out price points and other things. Uh, who gets to go out and go to CBS or whoever and try to sell this? So it's, it's a, definitely a team effort, but um, certainly I'm very active in terms of the relationships that we're developing, but we do have some, call it strategic relationships with brokers in the space sure. that specialize in it. And, uh, you know, I would say, Steve, that we're just, um, you, you know, in obviously uh, every business has been challenged with what we've all experienced with the pandemic in terms of how adaptable you need to become. And in some cases, yeah, there's been some things that we've been surprised with that have been very helpful other things really, you know, in a way slow down for us. Um, but so we're, we're really working with um, a network of people that really believe in the brand, whether it's people within the company, whether it's the reps and brokers that we're working with. And then we've also made our product fully available, our non-CBD products also up on Amazon and that business is continuing to grow right. for us. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's been, it's definitely, been, it's an omni-channel approach by design, even before, without the pandemic, that was our strategy. I mean, it's definitely a think big, but start small and scale. And we've actually had an experience as flattering as it was at the time. Very early on, we had a major retailer approach us that was very seriously about picking up our product for a test that they were doing. They had a number of health and wellness stores. So it was like they yes. were pilot yes. testing. Yes. But it still was a, for a new company, it still was a pretty big number, right? Right. In terms of potential stores. And 
got, you know, invited to set up as a vendor on their system, load up our product. And the more we thought about it, as flattering as it was, we did make the decision to say, you know, this is great, but we're not ready. And, um, and for the reason, the main reason was I just felt like we didn't yet have a track record. We didn't yet prove to ourselves that there was that tribe for our brand. Right, right. And my biggest concern or fear was the risk of, hey, it's like the hot prospect, you know, using a baseball analogy, who's maybe the can't miss prospect, but is in single A or double A. If you bring them up to the major leagues way too early and they go right. 0 for 32, it could be detrimental. Like that player may never reach their ultimate potential. And that was really our thinking about this is that we didn't want to go in quick and then by chance after 90 days, 120 days, as you know, as quickly as you're brought in, you can be discontinued, um, you could buy back. And it wasn't as much of that as, as much as that would have been a disappointment, but it would have been more the black mark on the Nielsen or Spins report Oh, sure. Of any other future conversation of someone seeing that you went in early and you exited early, there'd be a lot of questions that I didn't feel was too much of a risk for us to get into. And and, and that you bring up a really good point, Howard, because I, I I can go through a catalog of people who have been involved with startups scaling, um, and they take all distribution as good distribution, and it's not. You know, you need to be able to support distribution, right? Which is critically important. Some people don't realize that. So, oh, I'm going to be in 200 new stores. Good. I hope you have the cash to be able to support that product while it goes through sell-through because you're going to go through the cash first. Oh, by the way, and the free fills. Oh, by the way, and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Deductions and all that fun stuff. Yeah. Yeah. All of that good stuff. So, no, very important and probably great that you guys, you know, made made that decision. Did did you, again, because of the experience on the retail side, did you sit down and go, hey, these are the stores we think our tribe is going to shop in? Or did you do it regionally? How'd you approach that? Yeah, um, absolutely. And we also, with our early, um, call it adopters, we also did some qualitative and quantitative research, right? Mm-hmm. So, That's one of the things that I've learned and I was aware of, but to experience it, Steve, you know, it's one thing to learn about it, but it's another thing to actually go through it. And that is where you have in, you know, with my business partners, we had in our mind, like who our target was and who our target customer was going to be. And it's not to say that there isn't a segment of that target of who she is, but we're learning along the way. There's also other parts of the marketplace that we actually weren't thinking about. So that is really one of the reasons why we didn't want to just totally like dictate who that tribe was. We wanted to almost cast the net a little wider, see who we were attracting and then study who are we attracting. And as you know, so much of this isn't just making the initial sale, but is it the stickiness? Can you get the repeat purchasing right, right. and building that velocity? And then the other piece, just to throw out real quickly, which I know you would totally appreciate, is because coming back to our unique packaging, we've created our own challenges from a supply chain point of view about how we distribute and how we package and things like that. So it took us a little bit and we're certainly still refining it. But a lot of what we've done, I mentioned my business partner, Brian, Coming out of the wine industry, a lot of our 
packaging and supply chain is adapted from studying how companies are basically shipping wine all over the place. Right, because it's that's still in glass except for the except for the boxes. So I should also mention again um, about the product because I want to get a, a take on this. So uh, again, if you're as as I've been a user of whatever Crest and Sensodyne, I think for years, um, there is a certain mouth feel, right, um, that has a little grit, for lack of a better word. There's a little grit in all of them, right? I don't get that from the ORL toothpaste it the the, you, the it consistency of it to start with is like well wait a minute and then it's like oh wow well it actually spreads better throughout the mouth it's it it, it a great great tasting whatever and then you hit the mouthwash with the glass bottle and the mouthwash also mouthwashes also have a slightly different consistency to them that they're um viscosity. They're a little heavier viscosity than you're going to get in something that's a bottle filled with alcohol and blue coloring. Um, so talk a little bit about that. Is that is that part of the formulation in order to carry all the ingredients to get the pH right? Where does that consistency come from? Yeah, it, it definitely um, the efficacy and the consistency and the pH balance, obviously, that's really important to it. A component of that too is One of the main ingredients that we have in our product is organic xylitol. And there's a lot of dental benefits to organic xylitol. First of all, it's been clinically proven it will kill the streptococcus mutants, which is the bad bacteria in your mouth. And then the second piece is it's also, it's a natural sweetener. So there's actually a flavor profile aspect to it. And then the third thing is that it is absorbed sublingually pretty good. So it'll allow, it's almost like the carrier, if you will, of the essential oils and the vitamins and minerals and our version with CBD to help your mouth fully absorb that. So that's a major component to the experience that you have with it. But as a strategy, you know, we are striving for providing a different experience. And part of it is because of the ingredient content we've eliminated a number of those ingredients do provide that grittiness. In some cases, even the foaming action and that there's so much of an education, which is one of our challenges, right? Right, Because it is a different experience, but that is um, by design. And then the other um, component to it is that, you know, we're really striving as beautiful as our packaging is, right? And just to maybe describe it, because I'm just repeating what, a focus group told us it's like the Voss water of mouthwash is very one good, of the good, comments. Very good. Yeah. Comparison. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. so with that, we're really striving on our messaging to say, you know, as beautiful as this product is, it's even more beautiful on the inside and right. the inside really being that experience that you do experience by ingesting the product in your mouth. Hardy, you mentioned real quick about some of the effects you know, the pandemic, obviously th- things have changed all over the place, but t- two impacts I, I want to touch on with you. First is, do you think that the heightened awareness now that people are having about health in general, whatever, is actually going to increase your tribe going going forward? Is that, you know, at least a plus side a little bit from all the, you know, the problems we had? Right. We, yes. Um, we've seen some evidence of that. Uh, a few months back, there was research that 
hit the media. And again, I cannot um, ascertain the quality of the research, but it was a Canadian study. And essentially, the research was mouthwash with CBD can help kill the germs and viruses that call, cause COVID. Right. Of course, <laughs> I'm, not going, I'm not going anywhere near that claim. No, no. However, that got a lot of attention on social media and online. That definitely increased um, the interest in the purchasing, especially with our CBD product. And then the second thing that happened is we didn't um, continue to be true to our product development life cycle. And last July, we didn't we did introduce a pocket breath spray, mm-hmm. one with CBD and one without. And it just turned out the timing was with people more and more adopting wearing masks. Right. And uh, there's definitely been a lot of feedback from consumers and even some content out there about how keeping your mouth moist, how pH can help. And if you suffer from dry mouth and even have that mask breath or mask mouth. Right. Right. So our timing was really good to introduce this breath spray. Yeah. um, Which does, at least in a portable way, allow people to keep best they can that pH balance going throughout the day and their mouth moist and fight that mask, mouth, mask, breath. So from that standpoint, the pandemic created kind of a need that maybe didn't exist as much before. And then the second part was regarding omni-channel strategy. So, you know, again, if you were focused on drugstores, you know, whatever, right in the beginning, it's like, well, you know, that might be a little bit of a hiccup, but I think a lot of the tribe or people that are more concerned about health and wellness, people who are more, uh, a little bit more educated, a little bit more affluent, who might be willing to pay the price for a luxury brand in a health category, um, are the ones who have jumped a lot to e-commerce and are probably not going to buy those products again in a store. I mean, they're probably just not, I mean, or at least very infrequently, because now I've been doing this for X number of months. Um, I know I can get it. I know it's in stock. Um, and, you know, so your being there in the different places, I think also, yeah, a, a great help uh, as it is for most brands. I don't care, care what, what you were. If you were, if you were well-developed in e-commerce, you were well-developed at retail, great. If you were hung on one or the other, you may have had a good or bad experience, you know, coming, coming through this because shopper habits have totally changed and we don't know how they're going to change back, but we'll see. No doubt about that, Stephen. That's actually a a significant point that you're making. And, you know, we're still um, calling an early stage brand, right? We're emerging. I think we feel pretty confident. We've at least gone to point A and now we're going on to point B. And what I mean by that is from our early adopters and that so-called tribe, whether it's at the retail level or at the consumer level, um, we have enough evidence to know about, again, that stickiness, that repeat purchasing. So we are very encouraged by what we're learning from the market. And a lot of it is very dynamic with the points that you're making. Um, so that's definitely a piece of it. Another piece of it for us is also, you know, strategically, our brand, you know, very low awareness, if not, you know, starting with zero awareness. So really, we're trying to, one, gain awareness and ultimately earn trial. 
Those are really the two things that we are trying to accomplish as a brand. And we are taking an omni-channel approach um, to obtain that uh, as we continue to grow. But it's, um, yes, like any business, we obviously want to make money and be profitable. But I know that is more, we're looking at it more, that's the outcome. And really what we've got to do is focus on just building our awareness and gaining trial. And if we feel we're able to get to that trial stage, we like our chances. Again, it's personal choice. Our brand's not going to be for everybody. Um, But for those that are looking for a healthier alternative or a more natural way, um, you know, we feel like, hey, we can have a compelling value proposition that ultimately can be a good fit for that consumer. Well, and 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 the other thing too is I think you're you've you you're lucky or 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 you did it planning wise, but the difference between the taste, flavor, viscosity, whatever, between the product that most people are using every day and the ORL product is significant enough that if you had a single serve, single usage out there, uh, you know, we can't, you know, how sampling has gone and demoing has gone. So you can't be but it, that's enough. You use it once, you know what the difference, you, it, like it or not, you know what the difference is. It's not gonna, it's not like a Chipotle flavored barbecue sauce that's a little bit hotter than the one I was using last week. It, it's, it's a difference. And, and so, uh, yeah, that, that's, that's really where, it, it, if you get them to try it, um, you can't argue with the fact you created something unique. So it works, absolutely. Um, what, without getting into obviously proprietary stuff, whatever else, what's the plan sort of for the next? Uh, more CBD products or more um, different forms like the, the the breast spray or what are you looking at? Um, yeah, we've got a, uh, a new product, uh, toothpaste and mouthwash, uh, different call it flavor profile that we plan on at least introducing to the market within the next 60 days. And additionally, nice. we've got some other products in our product development pipeline. Um, you know, I, I love to say, oh yeah, within 90 days, but the rules are doubles and half. So, you know, maybe we're That's six right. months away from having that, but we yeah. are focused on continuing to grow our product line. And so much of one of the advantages of being small, as you know, is that you have the opportunity to basically maybe form a little bit more intimacy with the customers that you do have. Yes. And if you think about it from this perspective, when you're small, each customer you have earned is that much more valuable to you. So by engaging with the customer and whether it's formal conversations through surveys or even informal through email and phone calls at this point, right. even some Zoom discussions, there's a lot of great feedback and a lot of great learning. So we're taking, you know, again, it's not there's no way you can obviously be the perfect product for everybody. But from that frame and filter, there's a lot of common themes or common pieces of feedback that you start picking up in terms of patterns and what's going on in the market. Yeah. So from that perspective, we are taking, um, we've prioritized some of that feedback and that input with our goal of continuing to develop even a better product offering and value proposition for the market going forward. Awesome. That, yeah. Yeah, that's great. Great idea. You guys, um, you know, you did, you did a really good job and um, you know, it's, it's great to see. Um, I, I did want to ask you about, um, uh, Oh, first of all, 
It's O-R-L, the two R is O-R-L.com. O-R-L-C-A-R-E-S, oralcares.com. Yeah. And O-R-L-C-B-D.com. And then, yes, you can go to Amazon and it's O-R-L. Um, we do have a store on Amazon. Excellent. And they can they can find it there. Um, we like to ask our guests, Howard, kind of because it's a um, program aimed at fellow entrepreneurs and stuff about as you were doing, as you're doing this and building it to this point, um, what would you say your biggest challenge was in getting this off the ground and, and, uh, and how did you overcome challenge? There's, there's a lot of different ways I can elaborate on that. But one in particular, Steve, is that when, you know, you find yourselves in more of an entrepreneurial environment, especially when you come from other experiences that you've had, you've got to really challenge yourself to be scrappy and fast and nimble. And one of the things is that you're going to be surprised by the unexpected and is challenging. And at times it could even be disappointing or disheartened. You know, it's just natural human emotion, right? When something doesn't go right, but you've got to challenge yourself, call it self-leadership to say, okay, this has happened. Now, what are we going to do to move forward and keep the ball rolling, the company moving forward and uh, meeting really the commitments that we're making to ourselves and to call it our shareholders. Um, So that's a piece of it. Second piece is that, and maybe this is pandemic, and I'm sure you could talk about it too, but when we found ourselves working from home or in more isolation, you find yourselves at times, boy, it'd be great to just have a conversation, even, even in it'd be great to get advice and tap into that. And I have found other ways to kind of network via Zoom and via some other yep. mediums with contacts. But a lot of it is also just having a chance. Sometimes you've got to just talk to someone just to go through that process in your own mind right. to get to a point that you want to get to. Yeah. So that's also been a challenge. Um, and then I would just say kind of the macro challenge going forward is my biggest challenge is really where we're at now. As I said, feeling like we've validated that we've gotten to point A, right? but now our biggest challenge is going from point A to point B to point C and beyond. That's our biggest challenge. Yeah. And you're learning every day. So you can tap into your experiences and knowledge, which is great. You can certainly tap into your network, but at the same time, the market is dynamic, always changing. There's always things that you're going to learn and you just have to be resilient enough. I guess maybe that's really the main point is learn and challenge yourself on resiliency and try to coach yourself not to get too up on those things that go great. Right. But conversely, those disappointments, acknowledge them, but don't dwell on it. You just got to put yourself in a mindset to keep the ball moving forward. Good stuff. Great, great advice and, and appreciate it, Howard. Really, thanks for taking the time to be with us today and talking more about ORL. Uh, we'll plan on having you back on the show a little ways down the road after whatever the next big iteration is, because I'm sure you guys are going to make it. Shouldn't be an issue. And uh, But thanks for taking the time to be with us today. Steve, thank you so much. And thanks for um, you know your questions and your thought-provoking and, and really the content that you put out there. There's a lot of learning from, you know, the previous guests that you've had. And I even caught you, was it last week or week before with Russ Johns? And that was very informative. Too. So, <laughs> with, with thanks pirate. for sharing. Yeah. Thanks for no sharing. Problem. You're, you're quite welcome. And hey, by the way, thanks to all of you 
for joining us today on the Next Level Brands podcast, part of the Next Level Brands CPG community. If you have a growing firm in food, beverage, health and wellness, or even small goods, you should be part of the Next Level Brands community. Education, resources, workshops, founder coaching, and more. Information available at nextlevelbrands.com. That's next with two X's as always. I'm Steve Clear, and we'll see you all next week. Thanks for listening to the Next Level Brands podcast with G. Stephen Clear. Learn more at next with two X's, levelbrands.com. While you're there, be sure to sign up for the Next Level Brands email list or subscribe on iTunes so you never miss an episode.